for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Matt Barrows, who covers the 49ers for the Athletic about Monday night down at Levi Stadium. 31-10, the 49ers hand the Rams their second consecutive loss. The Rams fall to 7-3. The 49ers, now at 4-5, and five, are a half game out. Tied in the loss column, actually, when it comes to positioning in the NFC playoff picture. These are all things we can talk about, as well as the 49ers' roadmap to potentially getting into the postseason with Matt Barrows, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, November 17th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Matt Barrows. He, of course, covers the 49ers for The Athletic, and uh, you had a fun one to cover this week, Matt. What's going on, man? Yeah, a, uh, a win at Levi's. How, how rare is that? Uh, I, I, we have to go back more than a year against the very same Rams uh, to, to be able to say that. So, yeah, it, it was fun, and you could kind of sense the fun inside that stadium. I believe I even saw the wave break out at one point. And uh, I don't want anybody to misconstrue this. I'm not an advocate of the wave, but it does denote uh, happiness, I think. And that was sort of uh, one of the themes, that there was some, a little bit of joy in uh, Levi Stadium. If you go a year without winning a game at home, you, you can celebrate in different ways than you maybe otherwise <laughs> would have prior to getting that win. So we talk a lot about Kyle Shanahan having the number of the Rams. Well, what's so funny about this is they've changed defensive coordinators. It's not really Kyle Shanahan head-to-head with Sean McVay. It's kind of that quarterback versus quarterback thing, right? We always pit those two against each other, but they're never on the field at the same time. However, Kyle Shanahan did get the better of this sort of vaunted or big-name Rams defense. What did you make of the poor play of the Rams defensive line against the on Monday. The first thing is that I suspect that uh, an 18-play opening drive, 12 of those plays being runs, tends to take uh, a little bit out of you. And so the 49ers had that on their first drive, and then they had, I forget what it was, 10-play drive, 11-play drive on, on the second one. So that, you know, that sets the tone, and that, that leaves a mark. It takes a little bit out of your pass rush. Uh, so that uh, went a long way. And um, you're right. Uh, there, there has been a mastery that Shanahan has had over the Rams. But, you know, he attacked them in different ways. They were using Jeff Wilson as a fullback for a wide receiver, Debo Samuel, on, <laughs> on most of Samuel's runs. So there was some creativity in there. I think the the main objective, just running right at the Rams, taking it to that defensive line, not allowing Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller to sort of tee off and, and use their skills, that's that's the right game plan. That's the smart game plan. Um, but um, to their credit, uh, Mike McDaniel and, and Kyle Shanahan have uh, switched it up from game to game. And Monday's was uh, was a uh, an attack that we really hadn't seen before. It is kind of fascinating. You think, oh, running the football, it's only been done you know, they've been doing it for 100 years in the NFL. There's only so many ways you can do it. Well, these two guys uh, figured out sort of a, a new wrinkle to the whole thing, and it worked against the Rams. So would you say that it was, and I do believe there was creativity involved, and we can talk about whether or not it was the most creative they've been this year, but it obviously looks better when you put up 31 points and you pick two balls off and you turn those two turnovers into to 14 points. But when it comes to the play of the offensive line, you know, two weeks ago they kept Jimmy Garoppolo Really clean against the Chicago Bears. Didn't get any QB hits, no sacks. And then last week, they come back against the Cardinals, and they give up five sacks, one sack allowed to this uh, this supposedly tough defensive line. Was it about the offensive line play? Was it about their physical play, establishing the, the line of scrimmage early? Is that where you think this win was built? 
Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I think it was taking the fight to the Rams. And we saw this a couple of years ago. Remember, you know, everybody thinks that the, the 2019 season was this uh, idyllic season and no one got hurt and everything went the 49ers way. Well, you know, in the beginning of the year, it wasn't that way at all. I mean, the, the offensive line had all sorts of issues. Uh, Joe Staley missed four games. Mike McGlinchey missed four games. Western Richburg was out at the end, et cetera, et cetera. But in one of those games in which they were missing both Staley and McGlinchey was against the Rams. And it was a, uh, you know, Justin School on one side and Daniel Brunskill on the other. And you thought, oh, yeah, how the 49ers going to going to deal with Aaron Donald in this one? And, and they won that one pretty handily as well. So, I mean, that, that idea that uh, you can sort of take the fight to the opponent, um, you know, it, it has to work. I mean, if the 49ers are getting bottled up, obviously this uh, it's, it's it's a different storyline. But when you can do that, it just means that you're not having to, to to drop back 30, 40 times a game and give those guys those opportunities. So it was a smart game plan. It was the only game plan, really. But they had to kind of get creative within that restrictive uh, parameters of Shanahan went into the game thinking, hey, if we can run the ball 40 times, we've got a shot at winning this. 40 times is a <laughs> is a ridiculous number. I mean, they've only done it a handful of times in the last two decades, gotten up over 40. All of them wins, of course. But I mean, it's sort of a pie-in-the-sky number. And uh, he acknowledged that it was uh, very ambitious, even a little ridiculous, but <laughs> they ended up surpassing it and getting 44 runs. So, um, you know, when that happens, everything has to work out well. And that's basically what happened against the Rams. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. I kind of like his explanation for laying the number at 40 instead of at 30, because I'd say with 30 runs, that could be, yeah, you got a lead in the second half and you're just trying to melt clock and you're making sure you win time of possession. They abused time of possession on Monday night. And by saying you want to get 40 carries, and I think he said the reason he said 40 is because that means it's a, a team effort to get 40. And when he says that, I'm thinking defensive side of the ball, too. That means you're holding on to the ball. You're getting the other team off the field on third down. The law of averages sort of felt like, at some point, the Niners would get more turnovers or force more than the opposing team, and they finally did. What did you make of his uh, sort of explanation of needing to get 40, having it be a team victory, and then how the defensive side of the ball played into that? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you don't get to 40 without it being a team effort. I mean, I, I was just looking at the, the 40 games, and there was a 49 game against the Cardinals uh, a few years back. I think it was 2011. And, and the 49ers had five takeaways in that game. That, that's the only way you climb up over the, the 40 mark, is uh, if your defense is delivering as well. And then, you know, and it wasn't just defense last night. It was special teams, too, with the fake field goal. You know, the Rams just trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And the 49ers were obviously – looking out for that. They did a, a tremendous job of, of covering up the uh, the eligible receivers, and then D.J. Jones, uh, looking like Ray Lewis out there, runs runs down the ball carrier, and, and the 49ers take over on downs uh, at that stage, too. But that, that's my point. I mean, you, you need to have a lot of uh, possessions in order to cobble together 40-plus carries and that's exactly what happened uh, against the Rams. Well you mentioned that they stayed committed to the game plan and it was really the only game plan. Have you felt like and I guess specifically I would look at last week's game against Arizona. Has it felt to you like at times they abandoned the game plan or 
I've heard people say maybe Kyle's not as patient with the game plan because even at 17 nothing, only carrying the ball 11 times in Week 9 seemed like a, a minuscule amount for the Shanahan era. Do you think this was about, and obviously the, the interceptions early make it, uh, make it easier to establish and stick with your game plan, but do you think this was just a case of staying with it longer and that maybe if they'd done this at other times they could have found more success? I guess so. I mean, Shanahan was talking all last week about, you know, the the Cardinals stacking six defensive linemen and and running really not being an option. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of question him about that. But, I mean, to me it brings up uh, just this idea that, you know, the 49ers simply match up better against certain teams. And and the Rams, with five straight wins, are obviously one of those better matchups. The Cardinals, they've had trouble. Even when the 49ers were flying high in 2019, they beat the Cardinals twice that year. But those were very narrow wins. And, and I think that, was, yeah, that definitely was Kyler Murray's rookie year. So it happens in a division. Some teams, you just have a harder time beating than others because they, they match up well, whether it's their personnel, their scheme, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I thought that the Cardinals' uh, defensive scheme against the 49ers was a fantastic one. I mean, they just took away all that outside stuff, took advantage of their speed at linebacker with uh, Isaiah Simmons, were able to kind of stretch or string out the 49ers' runs. And, you know, the 49ers didn't have any answers. Um, so it, it's not like uh, on those scant runs they were, you know, uh, you know, getting some good gains. The, the Cardinals just outplayed them in that game. And they had to go to a different plan. So I, I don't know what the answer is. Luckily, they played the Cardinals twice. They don't have them on the schedule anymore. And, and that's sort of what's intriguing, I think, for the 49ers. The, the schedule... Uh, I don't want to say it's easy, but it it certainly seems easier in the back half than it did in the first half. Yeah, it does seem favorable for a team that maybe tries to get hot and and make a little bit of a run. Uh, You look at the Texans and the Jaguars, obviously, coming up later this week, and you know you got to go to Tennessee and all that. Or playing Tennessee could be a tough one. But uh, anyway, uh, multiple things that could come into the the back end of the season here, and you still get the Rams one more time. And to your point, division games just get funky. They get really weird, I think, all over the league. We saw the Bills beat the Jets last week, too. Uh, One more thought here from you on the way out. Do you think this game, and I think everybody looks looks at this and says, this is who we thought the 49ers could be. This is them at their peak, at their best, executing all four quarters. And it's maybe, and I think you might have noted this, maybe the most complete game they've played since that 2019 season. We're talking all four quarters, offense, defense, and special teams. Do you think this is, I don't want to call it an outlier game, but do you think they're more of this team or they're more of a team that we've seen earlier this year that at times takes their foot off the pedal like we saw maybe in the, the fourth quarter of the uh, of the Lions game or the way they started the Eagles game? Obviously, those are early season and they start on the road, but do you think this is who the 49ers are or was maybe this an exception? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out fast because um, this game coming up is against a bad team in the Jaguars and the 49ers are coming off an emotional win. But it's also a short week, and it's a game on the East Coast, and it's an early start game. So, you know, are the 49ers for real, or was this just sort of a flash in the pan? Because inconsistency has been their calling card this year. This Jacksonville game, um, I think, is going to answer a lot of questions. I mean, I don't even think that the 49ers need to have a brilliant game against them. They need to win the game somehow. They can kind of eke it out in an ugly way. But uh, I think if they do that, then all of a sudden they're 5-5 five and five with seven games left. It's a nice place to be in with some of those opponents that you noted on the schedule. So we'll find out. I think that this can be their identity. I think it's, it's what they wanted. We saw them go through the draft and 
you know, pick up guys like Aaron Banks and Trey Lance and Trey Sermon. None of those guys played. But the idea that we had back then is, okay, maybe Shanahan is looking for a more sort of rough-and-tumble version of his offense to start taking advantage of some of these lighter lighter body defenses in the league. You know, like I said, those players weren't in uniform, or they were, were in uniform, but they didn't get on the field a lot against the Rams. But you kind of saw that mentality. When uh, Juwan Jennings plays, you know, 40 snaps a game, and he only gets uh, two throws going his way. That's sort of the attitude that they want, because he's out there to block. In the run game, in the pass game, he likes to throw his weight around. So that's sort of, uh, I think that was a, a, a very positive thing for the 49ers, that they got sort of that gritty mentality out there, because I, I think that's something that they can seize on. Well, you're talking physical. I think you're taking a page out of the Singletary book, Physical with an F, right? That's Yes, absolutely, <laughs> although I'm... I, Trust me, I'm not dropping my pants in the locker room as I say it, but uh, that's uh, that's exactly what I'm going for. Well, we want winners, and you're always a winner, Matt. We appreciate you stopping by today, man, and, uh, and catch it up. Very we'll catch- good, very good. <laughs> All right, we'll catch up with you down the road, dude. Enjoy Jacksonville. All right, talk to you later. All right, always a fun conversation with Matt Barrows, at Matt Barrows on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow for all your 49er needs here at The Athletic as we edge on into Week 11, 49ers at Jacksonville. And as he mentioned, it's a little bit of a favorable schedule for a team that wants to get hot or needs to get hot. Just a half game now behind the Panthers for that seventh seed in the NFC playoff picture. Incredible. They could be back at 500 if they get a win, 10 a.m. local time here in the Bay Area this Sunday against uh, Trent Balky's Jacksonville Jaguars. How about that? Thank you to Matt Barrows. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening. We'll continue with the 49er talk later this week. And then into next week, we've got to talk about all the baseball awards that have been handed out. Manager of the year. I've got a gripe about rookie of the year as well. Why Lamont Wade Jr. was not uh, eligible to win rookie of the year, yet Randy Arozarena was. These are all things we can talk about in the days and weeks ahead. Until Friday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.